This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the one only show in on it. We by that I mean me, Dan Selke of winnerscoming.net, and you, Mia Johnson of dorksideoftheforce.com. Talk about all things Game of Thrones, House of the Dragons, Star Wars, Doctor Who, fantasy sci-fi TV movies to keep you up to date with the entertainment fantasy sci-fi news you need to know and you need to know so much. Mia, how are you today? I'm good. I um, enjoyed my little Thanksgiving break, so that was much needed. How about you? I liked it. I mean, honestly, I was working a lot over it, even in my yeah. um, <laughs> undisclosed location. It was nice. We had a nice meal. And today, I've just been very flustered. We've had a lot of, like, technical difficulties here at the station. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a technical person, so I'm just trying to keep up. Um, but I'm also a little uh, excited, excitable, because we just got some news about, well, some potential news about HBO's upcoming Game of Thrones prequel series, House of the Dragon. Mia, uh-huh. some word just came down from a site called uh, The Illuminerdy, which is a good site, right? I'm sure you're yeah. familiar with them. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I mean, they're not variety. They're not yeah. 100% all the time. You can yeah. trust them for anything. But they're not like, we got this covered either. We're like, oh, everything no, they're no. right is a falsehood. <laughs> yeah, they have some pretty good scoops. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not bad. And according to the Illuminati, this this site that's, that's fairly decent, reliable. <laughs> oh, I keep doing their faint <laughs> praise, but they are. Um, there may be a new addition to the cast of House of the Dragon, HBO's upcoming Ooh. Game of Thrones prequel show set a couple hundred years before the main show following the Targaryen Civil War known as the Dance of the Dragons. Mia, do you know what the news is? Please announce it to everyone. I'd love to. The news is that Matt Smith, Matt Smith, known for being, is he like the 11th Doctor? Yeah. I want to say on Doctor Who. And more recently, um, oh, what's the name of the Queen's husband on the crown? His name is. Um, I forget. No, no, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why am I drawing a blank on this? The Should you know? Are you familiar with like royal history and stuff? Yeah, enough of like the royal family. I keep, okay, I was like, oh, Philip, 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 yes, that's okay. it, yes, Prince <laughs> Philip on the crown may be in consideration, thank you, Sparkly, I, I, I couldn't think of it, uh, <laughs> to play Damon Targaryen in House of the Dragon. Ooh. Now, I'll say up front, um, two caveats there. A, it's, it's a rumor, let's remember that, and B, even the report at the Luminarity says that, um, He's considered, but there hasn't been an offer made yet. Mm. So he's like in the running. So uh, Matt Smith is a big name. Like yeah, the only yeah. other cast member they have in the show so far is Patty Considine, who is not really that big of a name, as uh, Damon Targaryen's brother, King Viserys. 
And this easily be, and they're looking for folk. We know that they're looking to cast a Rhaenyra Targaryen, Alice and Hightower, all these kind of big players from this um, Targaryen versus Targaryen dragon dogfight story. That is the Dance <laughs> of the Dragons. That is should be really really good if, if they can pull it off. Um, Matt Smith would be the biggest guy they get easily yeah. if they actually get him. <laughs> Not offered. And Damon Targaryen is a good character. I know we talked about him before. Do, uh, I mean, I should I even ask? Do you recall anything about who Damon Targaryen is? (laughs) I feel like when you start telling me about him, it will refresh my memory. So I do and I don't. (laughs) Gotcha. Shauna also knows Philip. Y'all out there know the royal family a lot better than I do. I watched The Crown. I just couldn't remember who was the name of the guy who's kind of the the kind of boorish kind of jock one she married. They're not really getting along all that well, but he's in it for the long haul yeah. guy. Philip, that was it, Philip. That's, that's podcast brain. You remember everything up until you have to say it on a podcast and then you don't know anything anymore. <laughs> that's a good point. I am going to talk right now about Damon Targaryen and let's, let's remember about that. Damon Targaryen, brother of King Viserys, younger brother, where Viserys is um, kind of laid back, cool-headed... Ooh, we got a great comment I will read in a bit about yeah. that. Um, cool-headed and just, um, you know, a talk-first-and-then-act-later guy. Damon mm-hmm. Targaryen is the exact opposite. He is brash. He's bold. He's a little bloodthirsty. He likes his women. He likes his violence. And um, he's just that kind of guy. He is master of coin at one point. I think he's master of laws. Eventually, he's Lord Commander of the City Watch. He invents the gold cloaks who are in the original Game of Thrones show. He's a soldier. He eventually marries Rhaenyra Targaryen, his niece, after his brother dies. Remember, the whole thing against the dragons is King Viserys dies, and then his daughter and his son by his second wife go to war over who should be the throne. Daemon Targaryen is on his daughter's side, Rhaenyra's side. Because he's married to her, which is <laughs> Targaryen weird. They do that in the Targaryen family. They marry each other. It's bizarre. No one likes it, but it's what they do, and they shouldn't do what they do. Um, he's 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 a good character, and he's a and he's a big role. Like this like is it. a role that will be like from the start to the end. A complicated guy, and you know what? If we're talking about whether Matt Smith fits him, a bully says Julie Davis. Although Julie, <laughs> is that in relation to Prince Philip or Damon Targaryen or both? Because I think it kind of could apply to both. Um, as Sheila Hilton on YouTube says, love Matt, but he is too skinny. He needs to hit the weights. <laughs> and I mean, okay, I'm not sure if that was in relation to like the the role, but I will say I don't really particularly see Damon Targaryen when I look at Matt Smith. Yeah, even just based off of what you're telling me, kind of like right. this... Yeah, like a bully role, bloodthirsty. I'm like, when I look at Matt Smith, I don't see any of those things. <laughs> and, you know, it's a very unassuming face. And, you know, maybe it's like the doctor uh, role that's uh-huh. kind of, you know, indoctrinated me into being like, oh, yeah, you know, he's nice. He's a savior. He does all these things. So, yeah, if I don't know if I if try Matt to find Smith- like a mean picture of him up there, but he looks like he's like <laughs> head yeah. boy at um, a British school somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, like if Matt Smith like stood across the street from me with a knife blade out, I'd be like, I'm all right. I'm not in danger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's tall and lanky. He kind of looks like um, Slenderman a little bit. He could play that really well. Um, Stacy says that he played Charlie Manson. That's not bad. That's a psychopath he played. Maybe he could. I mean, 
even on the crown as Prince Philip, like he's a bit of a dick, but he's like kind of priggish and mm. um, very kind of uptight about it. Whereas yeah. Damon has like some swagger to him. But, you know, he's an actor. Actors act. So maybe exactly. uh, he's perfect for it. But again, the report is he was heavily in consideration, has not been made an offer yet. Mm-hmm. So even if it's true, it might not come to pass. But interesting. Because, you know, yeah. like, I always worry a little bit about casting stars in roles like this. But I do think there are actors like Matt Smith, like Naomi Watts in the last Cameron Films prequel, who are, like, they're, they're actors whose acting talents are good enough that I don't really mind if they get yeah. into, you know, programs like, or, or the crown, like Helena Bonham Carter plays um, Princess Margaret and she's really good at it <laughs> because as long as you cast well, I, I don't mind if you have a name in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He seems kind of malleable for this sort of, maybe not for that character, but for sure, this sort of series, um, yeah, like I, w- I was saying, I think I was kind of against the big name sort of people, but Matt Smith feels right. I I, I think he would do pretty well in that. Um, yeah. I do hope it's not a fluke, you know, kind of like the whole is Matt Smith going to be in Star Wars thing that, oh, that just that dawned thing? on me. Yeah, it was really big. And uh, when I went to a convention where he was at like two years ago, he was asked about it and he didn't say anything, which made it seem like, oh my gosh, he's going to be in it because he can't say anything. And, you know, maybe some things like fell through or something. Maybe he did have it and he just, you know, couldn't do it anymore. Um, So, yeah, we'll have to see about what happens with this one as well. By the way, uh, Christian saying my headphones are driving you crazy. Yeah. Imagine how I feel. I hate these headphones. (laughs) And that's right. I was trying to pair these beforehand and it wasn't working. And next week, hopefully things will be in order where the headphones are concerned. And because it's broken, Christian, I could show it to you. Like, <laughs> like that the headphones are literally broken inside. That Next is why I'll they look like so disastrous. Whoo! Anyway, yeah, exciting news. How about you guys? Would you watch Matt Smith as Damon Targaryen? Do you buy that? The eleventh Doctor, Prince Philip. Does that see, work for you? Let Alexander Skarsgård. Ooh, would be awesome. Yeah, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, that is not bad at all. Those are good ideas, both. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't think he'll be cast in it, but I love the fact that this is getting some traction. Yeah. All right. So I'm glad we talked about that. Very, very exciting. But there are a lot of things going on. Mia, just earlier today, another big mm-hmm. bit of news, not about Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, but about another big show coming around the corner. Um, Vikings, the long-running, like five plus seasons on history uh, dropped a trailer for its new season and got their premiere date and announced that it was switching networks, which is kind of huge. But first let's see a little bit of the trailer for the final 10 episodes of Vikings on Amazon. You still claim to be Vikings. Bam. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Vikings, long-running series. I wanted to talk about this for a couple of reasons. 
A, it's exciting because it's been a long-running series. People want to see how it ends. I know last we left off, Bjorn and Ivar were at their throats. There was the heroes kind of in the ditch, down and out. But, you know, we still got seasons left, so we'll see what happens. Um, also, did you see the sea monster in that trailer? <laughs> What's going on with that? <laughs> I mean, this is a history show. <laughs> it, it definitely didn't happen. They're um, like releasing the Kraken. That's like, that's just canon history now. That's what it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> th- th- there was definitely a giant sea dragon back in fight yield Viking times that was going <laughs> to eat, eat up ships. I bet it's a dream sequence. I, mean, I think it's like a, um, a Norse sea serpent or something like a god. Ooh. Or, you know what? Why not just go ahead and at this point in the history show, add in a dragon? That'd oh, everyone love that. <laughs> be kind of cool. That'd be like um, in the crown season five, like... Um, uh, like, I don't know, Freya was just a character now. It's kind of a, oh. mixing it up. It'd be fun. <laughs> but the big news here, the interesting stuff was, if I'm not sure if you know this, the final 10 episodes of Vikings aren't going to premiere on history where they have premiered, where the Vikings has lived all its life. Yeah. They are going to drop all at once, all 10 of them on Amazon on December 30th. And then they will air, you know, one a week on history sometime in 2021, date TBD. Um, Mia, that is weird. What do you make of that? Yeah, that is quite weird. It's reminding me of the kind of FX on Hulu thing that we've seen. um, With like the um, the show from the Ex Machina guy. Like, but the thing is that that show, it would release... I think on Hulu first, and then like two days later or something, it would air on network. Um, so I'm not really sure, you know, what's the whole purpose of this kind of dual and like long delayed <laughs> release on network television. Um, unless maybe that helps with ratings or it helps with people who like absolutely have no clue what Amazon Prime is. Uh, I don't know what the plan is for that. <laughs> well, also like on Hulu, by the way, Linda, you uh, questioning, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Are you confused about Vikings? Because I certainly was. Um, <laughs> I mean, with those Hulu shows, like they're, they're brand new shows. Mm-hmm. Like this is a show, the final season of a pretty yeah. beloved show with the following suddenly we get all the episodes get to a different streaming service first and then you have to wait for them and they'll all be spoiled for you. That's like if people watch Game of Thrones for seven seasons and then for the eighth and final season, it was like they're all dropping on Netflix a month early yeah. <laughs> and then you'll see them on HBO afterwards. It's pretty, it's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. I think it shows the power of streaming services. I mean, here is... A normal cable network, History, which, by the way, mm-hmm. its name is History. It's, it has not been the History Channel for quite a while. It rebranded yeah. itself. I'm not sure why exactly, but, um, you know, it's been around for the show's been around for a long time, has its followers. But apparently the check Amazon Prime must have given them must have been so huge or History just <laughs> not really in a position to say no to something like yeah. that. That they said, sure, have our flag, have the final 10 episodes of our flagship show and show them to your subscribers and we'll just pick up afterwards, even (laughs) though we made the thing. And I mean, it it is kind of like history's biggest thing right now, Vikings, Mm. and they're giving it to Amazon. Yeah. You know what? Have you heard of the exciting Discovery Plus 
streaming service? I've been here. I mean, I've seen the name bannered around. What is it? I yeah. know it's a thing, but I don't know what um, it means. It's basically the next, you know, Peacock. It's the next CBS All Access okay. where, you know, a conglomerate takes all of their properties and channels and sets aside their, mm-hmm. you know, stuff to stream on it. And it just occurred to me, I was like, I think history is part of the Discovery Network because I watch a lot of those channels and they all advertise off of one another. Um, so it's kind of interesting that Discovery Plus is launching, but they're not going to have Vikings beyond that because that would be an interesting kind of power play um, instead of having on Amazon Prime. Like, hey, we need, you know, customers. We need people to join the streaming site and pay for it. <laughs> right. Um, and it looks like it's going to be launching January 4th, which is, you know, after it's going to air, um, stream on Amazon Prime. So, um, yeah, kind of interesting. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure Amazon probably offered them a load of money for them to come over and, you know, stream those early. It does make me wonder, I don't know what the fan culture is surrounding Vikings, whether it is one of those, like, everyone gets around and talk about it weekly, Mm -hmm. um, or if the big drop is going to change that. I mean, I, I, I think it'll have to. Because yeah. your you're, you're, people are going to know you're not going to. It's not, it's not going to be a surprise anymore if you watch it uh, week to week. And yeah, I, I agree, Linda. It, it does seem strange, but I think this is kind of the new reality that streamers have the cards. Like, yeah. gonna, <laughs> I mean, also there's a Vikings spinoff, Vikings Valhalla, that I it either goes further back in history or forward in history. I forget which, mm-hmm. but that is going to be on Netflix. Netflix picked up a Vikings spinoff show, and history did not and also they're not going <laughs> to air the final season first so just yeah to me this means um streaming services are dominant and you boring old normal cable networks just better you know get on board or get off yeah <laughs> that's basically what's going on right now Ooh, bizarre but um speaking of streaming services and things for watching on them mia what did you think of the latest episode of the Mandalorian on oh Disney Plus, The Jedi, Chapter wow, 13. That was super exciting. I was just on um, you know, like releases it was like, like three years ago, even though it was gosh, like five yeah. days ago. <laughs> I, was, I watched it like the night of Thanksgiving. So it was like I did all the Thanksgiving festivities <laughs> at home, stood up, and I was like, oh yeah, I got to watch and write about The Mandalorian. Um, no, I was really impressed about yeah, this one. Of course, we've got, we've got some spoilers coming, but this was a huge episode for like all those really big reveals that we have been waiting for, um, including, you know, the introduction of Rosario Dawson uh, as Ahsoka Tano, which was like, whoa! <laughs> I mean, I-, I will say this, first of all, like, Ro- Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano, the least best cast secret in the world, right? Like, we <laughs> yeah. all knew it was coming. <laughs> all we'd heard was Rosario Dawson is playing ex-Jedi Ahsoka Tano for, like, months and months, maybe even a year mm-hmm. before so I can't say I was shocked to see her there, but speaking to someone who doesn't, who has never watched those Star Wars cartoon shows that she's introduced in, I dug it a lot. Like yeah. I love that opening bit where she's running among the mists. That was very cool. Some of the fight scenes in this were uh, caught above, like that final one yeah. right there where she is battling the magistrate, and, and it's yeah. kind of like got like an. Oren Ishii versus the bride from Kill Bill feel like like, <laughs> like quietness to it. Yeah. And a real tension, even though I didn't really think either of them were going to die. Like, I didn't think the Mando were, were going to die. But it was still very beautifully done. And a lot of different tones and a lot of tension. 
I thought she made an auspicious debut. Yeah, I would agree. And Dave Filoni, you know, the developer of the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, um, this is kind of like, you know, his own little child, you know, to write and develop this character for so long. Um, So as an executive or as a producer on The Mandalorian, he helped to write this episode. He Mm -hmm. directed it. Um, and yeah, I think it, it shows just how much care he has in this character. Um, and I was seeing something about kind of like through Ahsoka Tano's, uh, legend and history that she's sort of samurai-like as well. And all of the Jedi sure. kind of too are samurai-like, but yeah, this one, I was just blown away. And there was something special to me about that moment where they're like in the forest and she's having this mental telepathy conversation with baby mm-hmm. Yoda and I was like oh my god she's getting all the information and Mando's like pacing back and forth you know like a you know anxiety ridden father and I'm like yeah tell us what is going on <laughs> and I think every single reveal every single plot reveal was expertly done I didn't think anything was like too cheesy um, from the name to his backstory and all of that I was like I actually like this and I like where it's going I mean some folks didn't like the name Grogu but um I liked it yeah a lot of the names seem to be kind of a little goofy in this version by the way goodbye Julie seeing you soon all right Julie um as Linda asks why does she still look like teen she should have longer tentacles Hmm. is that true Mia I actually don't know. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know the life cycle of a. I think it's a Twi'lek or something like that. Um, I, I think it, it. She looks quite mature for Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson still has a very youthful face as right. is. So. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and you know, we, we, we've talked about uh, filler on the show and mm-hmm. um, whether the show is going is getting where it needs to go fast enough. And. I mean, this was an episode where really it felt like there was forward momentum. Like we were learning things like yeah. like, like the central thing about the show is trying to get Baby Yoda to his place or Grogu. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure what, if I'm going to start calling him that. We'll, we'll, we'll I see. I don't think anyone is on board with Grogu. It's nice that he has a name, but Baby Yoda has kind of like been in the books for a year now. That's so that's true. not going to change. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I but, will say like for, on Game of Thrones for a long time, they were calling her Khaleesi like deep into it. Oh, wow. But eventually, people did come around and start calling her Daenerys, like, after mm. you hadn't really heard Khaleesi in a long time. So, maybe if you start calling him Grogu now, folk will come around to it. I think, I think that's <laughs> yeah. possible. Yeah. So, um, this one had a lot of um, deep cuts, kind of, as well, to the I'm expanded sure. universe. Um <laughs> Lots of there was like a name drop about Grand Admiral Thrawn, who was I think originally in the Legends book series, and then he got brought onto the Disney canon, um, and that's kind of who the magistrate was working for. Um, and I don't even know all of his history as well because there's a lot of books about him. Yeah, that was wrong. kind of interesting. Um, let's see, Ahsoka also ties into this story uh, from Star Wars Rebels, where there's this character Ezra Bridger. Who mm-hmm. went missing and her and Sabine Wren are like trying to find him. And then Dave Filoni went and said, he was like, oh, well, how do you know that this episode happens before they go and find Ezra? What if it happens after, essentially? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so everyone's like, oh my gosh. So it's kind of like, where does Ahsoka fit, you know, in this timeline? How does that relate to whatever Dave Filoni has going on? And of course, how does that open up to him possibly creating a spinoff of his own with live action characters of all those people yeah the the jury's out on that one but i thought this point this episode really nailed it and sparkly yeah. barkley by the way hates the name grogu um 
There we go. <laughs> I know it has been polarizing. I think it's kind of cute. I kind of like it. I don't hate it. I'm not sure like what name could have given him. I like that it's um that it's kind of goofy and stupid. Like Grogu <laughs> sounds yeah. like like an off-brand yogurt or something, not like <laughs> something with an epic destiny. Which which I, which I think which I kind of like that it's because like if you tried to give him an epic name, it wouldn't have worked. Because nothing would have, like, lived up to the expectations. So just go the other way yeah. and give him kind of a stupid-sounding name. Yeah. And now it's, like, Grogu, ultimate uh, Sith Lord, or whatever he's going to end up being. <laughs> it's like, I call it the um, Justin Roiland School of Alien Naming. Just, like, all the alien names on Rick and Morty and stuff are just so ridiculous. So, yeah, I don't have anything against it. Um, I did think it was cute. It was interesting as well that they mentioned he was a Jedi Padawan. So, he was in training as a little tiny tot. Um, him and Anakin are, like, technically the same age. So, he could have <laughs> seen Anakin. He, did you see there was one, like, someone who edited in um, Baby Yoda, like, hiding behind, like, a chair when Anakin's killing all the younglings? That was pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, so it was, it's interesting to see, like, how did he escape that? Who helped him escape? <laughs> and then it's like, okay, who's going to come, you know, when they go to this Jedi temple and send out the call? That might be the cliffhanger for this episode, yeah. this season. It's like, lots who's going to answer the call? Lots of stuff to follow up on. I'm excited. And by yeah. the way, um, yeah. I, I am sorry, Sparkly. Grogu is not growing on me, which is well-punned, <laughs> Sparkly. Very quality. I like that. I do. I, I love dad jokes. There was one about... um. Earlier today, I saw a meme about a, what happened to the pie we left unattended when Emperor Palpatine was in the room. It's insidious. Get it? <laughs> nice insidious. Oh, next. Let's just move on. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Um, I wanted to touch on the, the, the fairly big news yesterday where Elliot Page, formerly Ellen Page, um, came out as transgender. With pronouns he, they. is now going by Elliot Page. Um, I think Netflix is already changing all the credits in the movies that he's in. And I just want to talk about this because it's a pretty big announcement. I mean, mm -hmm. trans rights have definitely been a flashpoint issue and gaining in notoriety for a couple of years now. And... While there are more visible trans actors and creators in Hollywood, Laverne Cox comes to mind, who's really kind of blazed a trail there with Orange is the New Black. The Wachowski sisters, who made the Matrix movies, have been around for a while. This might be the most high-profile coming out of a trans person that I can think of. Like, I'm trying to think of like, someone bigger. Caitlyn Jenner, maybe. Yeah, but yeah. There are so I, many problems with that one. I don't hold the Jenners in high regard, just as general. I do appreciate the coming out story, but sure. uh, Elliot Page, I think, is really, really huge. Um, and I mean, an Oscar nominee and someone yeah. who's, who's been, who's been a, a lot of great stuff, like played a, uh, Shadowcat in the X-Men movies. I mean, Juno was a big movie, again, Oscar nominee. And mm -hmm. he's in a pretty big series on Netflix right now, The Umbrella Academy, as Fania Hargreaves, yeah. which is a... Like an already and an up and coming sort of hit show mm -hmm. that I think is going to get even more attention now because yeah. announcements like these tend to drive a lot of discussion, both good and yeah. bad. Um, but attention will be paid, which I think in the end, hopefully, is, is, is a net good. 
Yeah, and and he left a really nice, touching, uh, detailed statement as well yesterday. He did, yeah. He made a note. I mean, it, it was pretty long. I mean, I, I thought yeah. it was interesting because, <laughs> I mean, he said some, some of the things you expect him to say, like, you know, I'm coming out, I'm happy to be trans, happy to be queer. Um, he also um, called for patience, basically saying that it sounded like he, he knows that doing this is a, is, is, is a bit of a flashpoint. Mm. And that traditionally trans people are given a pretty hard time in life online. And it's just saying just, I'm doing this, but um, bear with me, be kind, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Which, I mean, again, like, he is a very high profile person. So the more high profile you are, the more exposed you are to people who have something to say about you. Including us right now. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure there will be some blowback on it. But overall, just kudos and i think it's, yeah. it, it's a good um step and hopefully will inspire other people to feel a little more comfortable oh he also fully called out oh remember that one bit in the thing where he was like and other people if you have giant platforms demonizing trans people you're part of the problem you have blood in your hands like i couldn't help but think he's talking about raleigh doesn't he I'm talking about Ooh, raleigh yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah, that was a huge call out, you know, no name call. But um, yeah, I'm pretty much on the same page as you. I really do hope that, you know, his story can inspire others as well, because I do, you know, sometimes it's on the back of my mind, kind of just like, you know, what if we were, you know, as people able to express ourselves freely, able to, you know, identify as how we want to identify as and you know all these little things that i think of as a (laughs) utopia and i just you know i'm like maybe one day we will get there the only other big bit of news to come out of that is that on the umbrella academy he's still going to play vanya Mm -hmm. and they're they're not going to change the character's gender which you know makes sense i mean he's played her for two years already so mm-hmm. i'll keep going to it there were some folk who were doing like the devil's advocate thing of like well you know scarlett johansson wasn't allowed to play a trans woman or a trans man so why should um elliot patriot let her play a cis woman yeah. which i think misunderstands kind of the reason people call out to people who are trying to play trans people there's not an imbalance that there's an imbalance and also he's played her for two years already can't really switch it out now but mainly yeah. the imbalance part i think is the important bit so anyway, pretty momentous, pretty interesting, and um, best of luck. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, and finally, I think, Mia, you wanted to talk about um, some Doctor Who news. Doctor Who being a long-running um, science mm-hmm. fiction show made by the British, which, <laughs> which, which Matt Smith was on. So we're going to circle yes. back. Yes, it all comes full circle eventually, yeah. Um, two big things this week. First, we have the announcement that, you know, the New Year's Day special is coming back. It's called Revolution of the Daleks. So the Daleks are back. Uh, but the even bigger news is that we are losing two out of the three companions who have been, um, with Jodie Whittaker, uh, since the beginning of her run. So that is Bradley Walsh plays Graham and Tonson Cole, who plays Ryan. So the grandpa mm-hmm. and the grandson do are, are leaving. Um, and yeah, that leaves uh, Mendip Gill, who plays Yaz in the series. It uh, looks like she will carry over. And at first, it was a little shocking to me. I was like, they're leaving already? Sure, yeah. And then I, I remembered, mean, it's been I was like, two seasons, right? I was like, yeah, wait a minute. Most companions are usually around for two seasons. I think the longest was Clara, who did three seasons with Matt Smith and then um, Peter Capaldi. 
But otherwise, yeah, pretty much everyone else has served like just one season or two. So it seems like maybe time is going by really fast for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's been a pretty um, fast moving four years, I, I think, is part yeah. of it. Like everything seems like and, 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 and with the pandemic, like January seems like it's a decade ago. I think that's part of it. <laughs> yeah. I've, also, I've always thought it was kind of, I mean, not strange, but interesting how in Britain, like you... Like, look, in America, if you got a hold of a role that visible, like a mm-hmm. Doctor Who companion or a Doctor Who, like, I have to think you'd want to hang on to it for dear yeah. life. Yeah. But in Britain, there's more of, like, a journeyman approach to acting. I feel, if if someone's British, they can correct me, where it's a bit more of, like, just, you know, just just another job. We go into the next thing rather than, like, you're going to be a star and it's a little mm-hmm. more normal to um, cycle out of things as needed rather than yeah. just like, I've made it and I'm never going to leave the top. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, leave while you're ahead, you know, leave while you're on top. And actually, Graham, I think out of this season was my favorite companion. So it will be a little hard to to let go of him. But, um, you know, if you're a companion, there is hope that you can return because uh, John Barrowman is coming back as Captain oh, Jack yeah, Harkness true. this season, as, uh, or at least for this special. Um, so that should be pretty interesting. They've got this redesigned Dalek. Like I mentioned, Daleks are always, they always find their way back home. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to watching this. I think. Ever been like a season of Doctor Who with no Daleks in it? I don't think that's. That does not compute. <laughs> I, I do think every season they find a way to bring the Daleks back and of maybe the Cybermen. I don't know if Cybermen are there every season, but usually they are pretty predominantly featured. They always got to have those. And I'm sure as a writer, too, it's kind of fun to be able to be that person to bring the Daleks back in for that season. It is, but also it's a little annoying to hear fans like, I, I bet fans are like, when are the dogs coming back? When are the dogs yeah. coming back? When are the dogs coming back? Exterminate, yada, yada, yada. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's... Oh, yeah, maybe. Hope maybe the British fans are a little more polite, you know. They... <laughs> yeah, We're really so, um, flattering the British people in this particular podcast, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, we are. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that and we'll be a little sad to see those two go. Um, I wonder, It makes me wonder if Yasmin is going to be the only one now for this next season or if they'll introduce somebody else. But usually they do tell you ahead of time i think so sure. it's kind of like a you know see what happens with one i mean usually there is only one or two right so i thought it was a little odd that they like one blow up like a giant cast for yeah the three is a Doctor lot of uh, tenure so yeah. um whatever happens I'm, I'm sure it'll be interesting that shows you know famously long lasting they always seem to land on their feet one way or another exactly um i'm also watching his top material still that's still going on <laughs> i believe they're going to send me some kind of gift basket or something i got an email we'll see what happens um the show is still fine if if you're wondering (laughs) with the cracked grin it's it's fine his dark materials on hbo is a fine okay fantasy show that i am enjoying and not hating but not loving and you know there are worse ways to spend your time i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's okay. a really endorsement I won't of that. press the issue anymore <laughs> is there anything you're watching 
Um, you know, over the break, I was able to binge all of Queen's Gambit. Uh, I wasn't, ex- oh, yeah, was I it? wasn't anticipating enjoying it, but I was like, wow, I really, really, really liked it. Um, was that Anya Taylor Joy? I think is her name. Um, yeah, um, three yeah. names, three names. You know, from New Mutants. Um, she was really, really awesome in this. She kind of had to play a variety of ages. Um, spanned a, a variety of years, you know, from the 50s to like the late 60s. Fashion was on point. Ooh, um, I love that. And it was kind of interesting. I was like, oh, this is another uh, Netflix story where they're bashing the Russians again because there, <laughs> a huge plot point was her playing against this Russian champion um, who she, you know, dreamed of defeating the whole season. I was like, yeah, you know, Netflix kind of waged war against the Russians as well. So I'm like, I wonder if there's some secret, you know, like- <laughs> Cold War conditioning going on in, in this year still. <laughs> With Stranger Things and stuff? Or like Stranger Things and Queen's Gambit. I was like, I can only imagine what those shows are doing this on Netflix. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> hey, I mean, um, being uh, against the Russians is uh, is kind of back in vogue for the Americans a bit. Yeah. I guess it never really left in a way, but um, it, it's definitely more, more, more now than it has exactly. been in a while. Okay. I don't, I, I don't mean to criticize. I have to bring this up. Whenever I see a picture of Anya Taylor-Joy, I am, like, staring. Is it just me? Does she have, like, very large eyes? She does. Like, she has very striking. Very, yeah. Kind of, like, striking like, is a good way it. to put it. Yeah. I, I was no, It's like, yeah, like she has doll eyes. And there's <laughs> one scene as well where she's doing the 60s makeup look where the mascara actually goes, like, underneath your eye. Mm-hmm. Um, or the eyeliner, rather. So, it gives you, like, double the appearance of, you know, your eye volume. <laughs> I was like, oh, what a look. You know, really going for that <laughs> 60s twiggy look. I love it. <laughs> yeah. She's a very yeah, striking cheekbones, too. I was like, I am really enamored with her in this series. She really, really nailed it. I'm a fan now. I have heard that's a good series. I should make time to watch it. And perhaps I will. Wait, maybe we talk about it next week. Take the Black Live. We meet every Wednesday. Right here in the Winners Coming Facebook page, talk about all things, you know, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, sci-fi, fantasy, movies, TV, etc. and so forth. Whatever you want to talk about, if you want to hear us dive into something, let us know. I'll be happy to. And if you're interested in listening to us in podcast form on your commute, at the gym, if you're going, or just on a run or whatever, or just, you know, whatever else people do in the age of the coronavirus where you're going from one place to another, we are available in podcast form on uh, iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are available. And we'll be back next week, right here, Wednesday, live, Central Standard Time, here and on our Winners Coming YouTube page at 4 o'clock p.m. Thanks for watching, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save 